everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we have Devin's Pick, which is a musical triple feature uh, featuring Rent, Little Shop of Horrors, and a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. But before we get into that, what did you guys watch this weekend? Devin, did you see anything good? I, I did, in fact. Uh, I watched a new Marvel movie, The Eternals. And Me too. What? It's like we were on a podcast about this. We were. Funny you should bring that up. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about Eternals here at the top of the show. Uh, I'm not going to get into any spoilers about it because Ryan hasn't seen it yet. Uh, but if you want to hear a long conversation that Devin and I had with Josh over at Victims and Villains, you can check out their episode on the Eternals, which we guessed we guessed it on. It'll be available tomorrow on on uh, their their podcast feed. Um, and then after our little review of the Eternals here, we have an announcement. So a cool one. I'm really Devin, excited about that. Devin, what did you think of Marvel's The Eternals? Marvel's Eternals. Yeah, sorry, think... not the drop of the. Not... Slot oh, is it not the? It's just Eternals. Just Eternals. Yeah. Oh, weird. Okay, so. I, I thought it was the most different Marvel movie I think I've ever seen, but in in a lot of the right ways. I mean, it it had a really big task of introducing you to a new cast of characters that not a lot of people are familiar with, making them endearing and giving them interesting and believable personal journeys, while being probably the most high-concept sci-fi anything out there. I mean, most Marvel movies begin with like some sort of like intro. This one begins with two paragraphs of text. And that almost made me lose the, like, not want to watch the movie. Because I'm like, okay, what is this nonsense? But, you know, the I, I think it was the direction. But the characters were awesome. You really got to know them. And then after that, like, high concept, two paragraphs of nonsense, they grounded the movie hard in these characters. And I really liked it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, too. Um, out of the three Marvel films that we got this year, not counting the Disney Plus shows, this is probably my favorite. Wow. Um, like I enjoyed Shang-Chi and Black Widow was okay, but I, it, this is the one I'll probably go back and rewatch first. Yeah. Um, probably, I'm, I'm probably going to watch Shang-Chi when it drops on Friday, but on Disney plus, but, uh, I if this was available, yet, so I'm excited. If this was available, I would watch it first. Uh, it, it does a lot really well. I enjoy the cast. It's, it's visually stunning. Um, oh, yeah. the, it has the same cinematographer as Doctor Strange and Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain Marvel, all of which are like my favorite Marvel films look wise. And it really mm -hmm. carries over into this, but is completely different as well. Um, I really enjoy it. If you do go to, get to see it, there are two post credit scenes, uh, yeah. we, which we will not be talking about uh, because spoilers. Um, yeah. But. Ryan, what what do you, what do you think about Eternals having not seen it? Like, what have you heard on the internet? I haven't really heard anything on the internet. Good talk. <laughs> I mean, <there's>, okay. yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I heard this. This got a lot of traction on the internet. Like, people review bombed it. People have all these weird opinions of it already. I I I apparently are. I'm I'm apparently not on that part of the internet. Um, Good. So, right. you know, there's that. But I mean, at the, at the same time, like, I don't really know what I think about it yet, because it's it, like I mentioned before, I'm kind of on really like I'm on the fence right now. Like, 
do I want to jump into this new Marvel thing like I was for the first, you know, the whole like first evolution of this stuff? It, I'm, I'm going to have to see it to, you know, really have an opinion on it. Am I yeah. ready to love again? Am I willing to wait 10 years for a conclusion? <laughs> I actually saw somebody post this. They said, how are you going to feel when Disney Plus changes that lineup of heroes at the very top? And it is no longer Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, you know, it, and it turns into Montage of Eternals, Shang-Chi, Blade. Like, how are you going to feel when they do that? And it's not the original lineup. I'm going to feel the same way I do when I walk into to, to any comic book store. Oh, wow. Look, superheroes I don't know. Cool for the people <laughs> that know them. And then that's it. Like, yeah. you know, there's no ill will. It's just, oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> um, so we have an announcement to make. Yes. From Victims and Villains. We are teaming up with Josh and the guys over there. And we are participating in a giveaway. Uh, if you head over to our Instagram and follow the instructions on our Eternals post. I think it's two posts down. Uh, follow the instructions there. You can be entered to win a free month of Marvel Unlimited, which is Marvel's digital comic service where you can read as many comics as you want in a month. You don't know who the Eternals are? Eternals are? You can read the full run of the Eternals from the beginnings with Jack Kirby. You can read all of Spider-Man, the Avengers, X-Men, Star Wars is on there. Um, oh, wow. A lot. It's a great service. Um, so head over to our Instagram and um, uh, comment on the post, like the post, make sure you're following us. And we're going to pass along that information to victims and you'll be entered yep. to win the free month of Marvel Unlimited. And the drawing will be November 15th. Oh, nice. So I'm actually kind of jealous. I can't participate, but I, I, I would really want to try out. Marvel yeah. Unlimited. So I Josh messaged Devin and I about this and Devin yeah. responded, how do I do it? And J Josh was just like, wait a minute. So you want to participate in the giveaway you guys are helping me do? I mean, I meant, how do I, how do I push I know, the giveaway? But that's not but what I was on like. a train and typing fast. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, that's some exciting stuff. Uh, yeah. So head over to our Instagram uh, we'll be sure to promote that a lot in our story as well. Uh, so make sure you follow us there for a lot more exciting things. Um, I feel like before we move on from Marvel stuff, we need to talk about some stuff that's happened in the last 24 hours, last 72 I, hours. Let's just, let's talk about the spider bet. This is your weekly spider bet update. Look, so, I don't. <sighs> all right. So one, we have a poster for Spider-Man No Way Home. There is one Spider-Man on it. So right now, according to that, neither of us have lost, which is fine. Right. Um, last night, there was a rumor that there, a new trailer was going to drop. No new trailer did not drop, but some leaked images from the film did. And I'm not going to share them here because we don't know if they're real or not. If they okay. are real, one of us has absolutely lost the bet. Um, I feel like it's me. I haven't looked into the, the leaks at all, but I feel like I'll, I'll be the one that lost two images leaked. One is very damning for the spider bet. The other one is just like, okay, it doesn't have to do with the spider bet, but it got, it got me excited. So, um, okay. hopefully, uh, maybe by Friday when Devin and I do our, uh, Disney plus day stream, we will have a right. definitive winner. Uh, until then, 
Um, no winner on the spider bet yet. And just just a reminder for anyone who's tuning in now and doesn't know what the spider bet is. I believe mm-hmm. that multiple Spider-Men will be showing up in Spider-Man, Spider-Man. No Way Home. Spider-Man, yeah. Um, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, and Spider-Man. Uh, attorneys at Law. Uh, Good. We'll be showing up in No Way Spider-Man No Way Home. And Devin believes... That there is only going to be one Spider-Man, and it's just going to be a Sinister Six movie with perhaps, perhaps a teaser at the end to another bigger Sony movie that's going to come out with multiple Spider-Man. So that's what I believe. Yeah. So what's more important is the stakes. If I lose the bet, I have to recreate in my Spider-Man suit uh, scenes from the Spider-Man 4 fan script that Devin found online. He read me pieces of when I was streaming a few weeks ago, and it's very entertaining. And (laughs) if Devin loses, he has to recreate the dance montage from Spider-Man 3 in London. And uh, my wife's inevitably going to have to film it, too. So she's in on this bet, too, now. Yeah. So I don't hate it. That or or you just get get a, a selfie stick and do it. Nope, nope, because I, I got to be doing some of the arm motions. I can't selfie stick with that. It's called a tripod, man. Spy Look, tripod. I've been researching. I'm going to tell you. I've been researching. Not that um, I expect to lose this, but I'm ready. Yeah, uh, it, it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see what happens. Um, so anyway, Ryan, you've been awfully quiet. Did you say anything recently? Yeah, I uh, I, I actually I stumbled across uh, this this new animated Netflix show called Inside Job. And it was designed for me specifically, I really think. <laughs> um, the premise is a, a woman in her 30s uh, works for a company called Cognito Inc. And they are the deep state. They are the shadow government. They are the ones that run every conspiracy theory you've ever heard of. Um, and they spend a lot of time mocking the ones that the that uh that 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 the show writers didn't want to actually make real in the world that they developed um it is a combination of uh, there are aspects of futurama in this show there are aspects of um uh the office in this show uh it's my new obsession it, okay. it's, it's only 10 episodes i watched the first five the first day i came across it not knowing that i watched half the season already <laughs> um but i definitely recommend it for anyone who's who's into the uh um alternative more like parent focused um adult focused uh netflix animated mm-hmm. shows um particularly if you like the idea of conspiracy theories or are interested in conspiracy theories, this is right up your alley. <laughs> I'm going to love this. I really am. Yeah. I, it, 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 yeah. I've been slipping on Netflix. Cause I didn't realize that big mouth season five dropped on Friday. It did. It did. So, yeah. I keep seeing I'm not caught up on that. Nick Kroll, uh, advertising it as uh, all his characters on, uh, <laughs> on social media. So, um, yeah. Real quick, I just want to address uh, Ryan redecorated behind him, and it looks great. It does. Thank you, and thank you, Alan, for getting me the poster I've been trying to find for like the You're past welcome. six months. So, but um, but yeah, but uh, Inside Job is great as a hardcore Futurama fan, and any type of those like 
adult focused animated shows like it is right up there with the best of them um it's completely sci-fi so and there's hundreds of references each each single episode and 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 there are throwaway lines that you wouldn't expect that for, for them to throw in well, you've um, been sending me some of those throwaway lines all week, and they've been phenomenal. Yeah, um, I'm I'm just looking at the cast right now. So you got Lizzie Kaplan, yeah. Christian Slater, or as I like to call him, uh, Jack Nicholson Light, uh, yeah. Clark Duke, and um, Trisha Campbell, who who we will be talking about later in the show. Yeah. Oh, fun! Yeah. And the creator of. Um, of the show uh was a pretty heavy writer on uh not dismembered why do why did that name uh the future disenchantment disenchantment thank you that one okay Uh, she was one of the core writers for season one and season two uh for Mm -hmm. that one and she's done a lot of animated stuff so this is right up her alley um it's I would not watch this around kids. <laughs> the language is pretty heavy, um, but it, it's just the little things. Like at the end of the first episode, yeah. uh, the building almost blows up, and mm-hmm. so at the very end, the one janitor that works for the corporation is like cleaning up the lobby, and he puts up an out of uh, and he puts an out of order sign on the Mayan calendar that's in the middle of the lobby, and that has to do with a joke from the start of the episode. So, uh, like, it's little stuff like that, um, like that, too, that just make it perfect. So, yeah, I'm All watching right. it. I definitely am. I, yeah. I might check it out. I've got I've got a long list of things on Netflix I need to watch yet. So, um, but I'll definitely put that on there. Um, All right, let's get into the bulk of today's show. So today is our musical triple feature which is was Devin's choice. Uh, Devin pulled a triple feature out of the hat. So, uh, Devin, uh, I believe you are up first with your choice, the musical film adaptation of the Broadway show Rent. All right. So first, let me give you a little bit of background about why I picked this. I picked it for two reasons. A, uh, and or number one, and most importantly, uh, there's a new movie with Andrew Garfield coming out that's about the writer of Rent. And yes. I think it's a musical in its own right. It's called Chick Boom or something like tick, that. Tick Tick Boom. Tick Tick Boom is it. Directed by close. directed by Hamilton's Lynn Manuel Miranda and uh streaming on Netflix. Speaking of Netflix, so Is it streaming on Netflix right now? Uh no, it will be at the end of the month. Got it. So Okay. So that was number one reason. Number two reason is I have a lot of very, very real feelings and emotions about this uh, particular musical. And I want to see if you guys echo my thoughts, but to pull about, uh, talk about the actual musical itself. The musical is from 2005. It is an adaptation of the stage show. It was directed by Chris Columbus, who you guys might know from the first couple Harry Potter movies. He also did home alone. Uh, and it stars Tay Diggs, uh, Anthony Rapp's in it, Rosario Dawson's in it, Adam Pascal, uh, Jesse L. Martin, uh, Adina Menzel's in it, Tracy Thomas. So this is a really stacked cast. And a lot of these people were on the original Broadway run of it, too. So, you know, we have some really musical heavy hitters in here. But before I talk about what I feel about this or how I feel about this, I want to know from both of you, have you seen the Broadway show? Do you know anything about the Broadway show? 
what did you have you seen this movie before and what did you think that's three questions but i think it's enough okay um i'll go first i have not seen a broadway show on broadway i have seen the final performance of rent in theaters they were they they filmed it and put it in theaters as like a fathom event back in 2008 oh sure so i saw that okay um and I feel like I've seen bits and pieces of the film but before, mm. but I don't remember ever sitting down and watching the whole thing. Okay. Um, I do remember singing Seasons of Love in choir in high school. We both um, did. We both did, because we dragged you into choir that year. Um, you did. Yeah. Uh, do you want to give us, a, give us a little piece of that? I won't. I won't. We talked okay. about this at the top of the show. None of us prepared songs for this. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, but that's no, my, uh, that, that, yeah. I, I, the the film's fine. Like I, I like the cast. Um, I think getting the original Broadway cast is cool. I think a lot of them have aged out of their roles, uh, <laughs> and it makes it a little awkward at times. But at the same time, it's it's theater. Like you're supposed to be able to um, have a little bit of just like suspended disbelief. Um, mm-hmm. But I I enjoyed it. Uh, I I'm curious to hear what your issues are with it because I'm sure I might agree with a few of them. So sure, Ryan, how about you? I never saw the play. I never saw the Fathom event. I stayed away from this film because I've read what this play is about, um, and I was hoping that watching watching it would change my old my already. The opinion that I had of it to begin with, and my opinion didn't change. <laughs> so hold on, what did you read about it that turned you off of it and made you not want to watch it? The style of music, one. Okay. Okay. Um, I feel like the character that, from what I can tell, you're supposed to see this narrative through might have been the wrong character to show this narrative through, especially with the topics that they're dealing with. Um, Was it Mark Cohen or Anthony Rapp? Well, the, the film, he, the filmmaker guy. Yeah. Which actually I like, um, I, when I found out that he was in this, it made me a little bit, made me feel better about being forced to watch this because I like <laughs> him from Star Trek discovery. Okay. Um, so I like his character in that. So that, you know, that kind of, that pulled me through the film. Um, everything in it's valid. This is just the way that I took it. Yeah. The style of the play, the style of the movie did not mesh with what I enjoy. Okay, fair. Yeah. So before I get into my problems with it, let's talk top level. What did you guys think about the songs? The music in The music in this is iconic. Some of these are very iconic songs. Did you connect with the music? Did you not? What did you think? I enjoy the music. Um, yeah. The, out of all the musicals from the nineties, this is closest to like the style of music I would listen to outside of a musical. Um, okay. Okay. Cause it's kind of like got a little bit of a rock edge to it. Um, mm-hmm. But I enjoy it. Um, for the life of me, I could, probably couldn't sing any of the songs for you right now. I don't know them sure. that well, but I know that I know the one. one, except for the one, uh, and that's buried deep in the recesses of my memory. Um, 
Yeah, Ryan, how'd you feel the music? I'd rather listen to uh, Lifehouse's debut album on repeat for hours <laughs> on end. Because <laughs> Lifehouse is awesome, right? I'm not a big fan of Lifehouse. So you think, like, well, that's it for you have to watch this podcast. <laughs> here's, here's, here's the thing. Like I said, stylistic-wise, the way that this film was done, the way the music is done compared to the what the type of stuff that I like when it comes to musicals are two completely different things. Okay. When it comes to rock music and musicals, mm-hmm. I only really liked it when it was the actual musician, rock musician, singing the music. When it was the other people, I was like, okay, so this is just the style for the whole play. I like it when different styles of music get brought in when different people have their songs to reinforce the differences of their personalities compared to other people. And if it's just going to be the same style of music throughout all of the characters, then they all should have been in that same, you know, group as that one character. They all should have been a bunch of, you know, late 80s, early 90s grunge heads. And instead, you've got, you know, like, I feel like it would have been better if each character had their own style of music that went with for their that went with the songs they were singing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that. I know that's not a, a typical musical trope, but I know that like this musical and some of the songs definitely lent itself to you wanting it more. So, I mean, genuinely my favorite song in this, cause I, I don't hate every aspect of this, but I do really hate if in case that wasn't clear, I hate this musical. I just do. I hate everything about it. I hate the characters. I hate the plot. I hate <laughs> what it talks about. I hate, hate, hate this musical. Uh, and we'll get into it, but there are genuine parts that I do like. And one of the parts that I do like is I like the song take nearly. I like that it's sung in two different ways from two different perspectives and the song changes a bit in style that the two characters have to Ryan's point. I like that. I think that it's a good part. Take that part out of a terrible of the rest of the terrible musical and I'll just watch that for an hour and a half. <laughs> That's what I'll do. So okay. to dig in onto the things I don't like. All right. First off, did anybody have the most infuriating time with any of the characters in this movie? Because they seemed like every, I'm going to just say obnoxious, quote unquote, edgy person that I've ever met where they're like, you know what, man, we're going to sit at this table next to these people in suits and we're just going to be edgy and we're going to talk about stuff that's going to make them uncomfortable and they'll challenge everything that they ever thought because they're just so close to edgy Devin and don't, it never works. You just look like a jerk. Devin, we were that we were that table in high school, though. I know, and that's why I'm so mad about it, Alan. I it it hits too close to home for me for me to be comfortable with watching someone else do it. I I, I think Chat uh, kind of hit the nail on the head. The, the biggest problem I had with these characters, especially the the two main guys that you're introduced to at the beginning, that singing about how they're going to pay rent, like why don't you have to pay rent? Like, like you should have to pay rent. Like that's how it works. Like, that's how it's what like, you're yes, supposed to do. Like the, 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 yeah. the, just like the, the whininess of that. I was like, okay, like I'm not on your side. Like, yeah, he told you that, but things change. This is mm-hmm. like, you're not going to be able to stick it to the man forever. Like your, your friend owns the building. You should want to give them something for rent. 
Otherwise, well, the they're just is, going to kick you out. Well, like, yeah, and and then there's that, and then you've got the, the 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 guy from Star Trek, his character. Oh yeah. All he would really need to believe me, I I understand him not wanting to deal with his parents. I get sure. it. But all he would have to do is pick up the phone, and the yep. whole rent issue would be taken care of. Well, yeah, okay. So, like, as much as I don't like those two characters for that reason, at the same time, like, I really kind of see myself in uh, Anthony Rapp's character, Mark, like, just being a filmmaker, like, wanting to sure. be able to make your own thing and be uh, on your own and not have to rely on other people's money. Like, that's... Like, you're just trying to stick to your vision and not selling out. But at a certain point, like, you've got to pay your bills. You have responsibilities to society that you have right. to, like, it can't just be all about the art. Like, that's, it can be all about the art to a point. But at a certain point, you have to be able to contribute to uh, rent and utilities and putting food on the table. I mean, and here's the part that gets me always is that the their friend that is the owner of the building that they're not paying rent to says at one point, look, I want to open up this. I think it's a school next door. It's my dream. So you are actively standing in the way of your friend's dream because from now on, I shoot without a script. Brian, did that or Alan, did that make you cringe as like a filmmaker? Just that because for me, that's like, OK, fine. It's not like. That's not a bold statement, I don't think. What what it made me think of is like, oh yeah, I went to film school with like ten of you. And, <laughs> um, yeah, Good. no, I, I I mean I've run into those personalities. I I don't think I'm like that. Um, we'll find mm-hmm. out in a few weeks when you're here, Devin. If that's I literally the case. got a um, script, so you're already yeah. better. Yeah, I, I sent Devin a script yesterday, so uh, stay tuned. Uh, uh, exciting. exciting things are happening. So, and another problem that I have with this thing, um, thing. again, the whole musical. Not movie, it's a musical. Not musical thing. Musical. It's a musical. Yeah, it's a musical. Uh, it fits musical. Like this fits musical to a T. Because one of the other films we're going to talk about, I'm kind of on the fence with okay. using that term. But um, when it, um, I know what you're, I know what you're talking about, and I, 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 I have, I have a rebuttal ready for that. So that's fine. Um, so if I was a parent mm-hmm. and my kid was getting to, you know, growing up preteen or even earlier, depending on when the questions start being asked about the topics that they address in this movie, mm-hmm. there are two other films that I would rather show so they can get a real understanding of what consequences can be and what the reality was that deal with the main two topics in this that would hit home better and it's just better done as a movie. Which, Which what are the two movies? Kids that was made in the 90s, that controversial mm-hmm. film that you know dealt with sex and drugs and right. where the director was telling kids to get fake IDs to go see the film uh, oh, wow. because he felt like it was, you know, extremely educational for kids to see because it dealt with those topics in the movie Philadelphia. Oh yeah. Those, I feel like those two movies combined do a better job of dealing with these topics than what rent does. I like what I, I definitely like what rent was trying to do with the characters 
and who the characters were and how they went about it for the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. I appreciate what they were trying to do. It's just, I feel like some of the whininess about the whole rent issue kind of gets in the way of those more important problems. Okay, so I wanted your guys' opinion because Ryan touched on this, and this is one of the big reasons why I wanted to watch this movie is my with you guys is that my big problem with this movie is that, in, and I'm wondering if it's a product of when it came out, my big problem is that it shows a lot of very heavy, very serious issues. It deals with uh, transgenderism. It deals with AIDS, the AIDS epidemic. It deals with uh, you know poverty. It deals with homelessness. It deals with you know the loss of a loved one, the breaking up of a friend group. But it doesn't say anything about them. It doesn't say like at one point there's almost this like lean towards like look at how noble this homeless woman is. And then she's like, I don't need your charity. And then nothing's made of it. And the character didn't learn his lesson. They show the character of Angel, who has to pull a lot of weight in this movie. Like, Mm -hmm. he's the character through which you see AIDS. He's the character that you're supposed to feel sad about because he passes away. Or or she passes away. I mean, they, they do all of this, but still introduce that character with a song saying, I murdered a dog. Like, they don't make them the most likable characters. They just show things happen and go, we know AIDS exists and doesn't say anything. So from the, the, from the history that I understand about the, the show itself, mm-hmm. I feel like, and I feel like we're going to learn more about this in Tick, Tick, Boom. Cause I don't know the story of Jonathan Larson that well. Uh, mm-hmm. What I do know is that he used a lot of what he was seeing in that time period of the late eighties, early nineties and put it into this show. So I think okay. it's a lot of of the moment like this is this is a year in the life of so you don't, might not get those resolutions in this year but you get just like from the first year like from the beginning of the film to the end of the end of the film the all of those characters relationships have dramatically changed with each other. So I don't mm-hmm. think it I don't think the story sets out to tell uh like their complete journey. I think this is just part of it. And I think it's a, of the time, like just a, a slice of life. Like this is what it was like for these mm-hmm. people this year. And it, it and that it, the point of it wasn't to comment on drug abuse. The point of it wasn't to comment on, because it said a lot of very confusing things about drug abuse that I don't think were incredibly clear. Like it didn't take that hard of a stance for or against it it was just like we know this happens and it didn't like say much about you know the aids epidemic aside from like we get it people die and, yeah. and i guess what you're saying is that it didn't it didn't mean to uh in the chat i don't think they have to be likable it's an issue when all gay people are perfect and angels and not real people however the show has issues no i mean and that's so right though yeah yeah i mean i i think that that character being perfect would be wrong I think for me, the song about killing a dog made me immediately hate the character and made me not like anything that that character said the rest of the show. So then when they were like, feel bad, in the end, they like showed showed Angel's picture and it's like supposed to be like, look at what we lost. I was like, so kill that dog, though. And like, I think that that point was just so irredeemable to me that I couldn't get on board with anything else the character did. But I get it. I mean, I think that, that them being perfect angels were I just think they put a lot on that character. All right. Any final thoughts on rent before we move on to 
Ryan's pick. Don't I mean yeah? If if any of that sounded interesting to you, anyone in the world, watch this movie. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited for Tick Tick Boom. Uh, I am. I I'm really excited am. to see Andrew Garfield in one of the two films I will see him in this year. <laughs> no, one of the one films you'll see him in this year, Alan. <laughs> All right, moving on to Ryan's pick, 1986's Little Shop of Horrors, starring Rick Moranis and a plant. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, tell us a bit about your Um, pick. Okay, so like Alan said, the year, the actor who's in it. Um, There's also a few guest appearances in this that I'm hoping surprise Devin. Um, So... This is a movie that I've seen since I was a kid. And when I was younger, the plant used to freak me out, but not freak me out that, you know, like that much, but, you know, just a little bit. And I hadn't, I, the last time I saw it before Kristen had me watch it when we started dating was maybe like 98, 99. Um, and then almost a good 10 years passed before I started watching it again. And I absolutely love this movie. Uh, it's got one of my favorite actors in it of all time, Rick Moranis. It's got two of some of my other favorite actors in it. Um, it just the story behind of how that, uh, just the story about how the play even started before it became a movie is hysterical. Um, and can you give us a summary yeah. of that? Yeah. Okay. I, okay. I, I was going to. Okay. So, no, no, um, no. actually, somebody already commented it on Facebook. Um, it's based on a movie that was made in the 60s that was a B movie. Okay. Um, I thought there was and, more to it than that. So, okay. No, 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 no. But um, I think one of the things, if I remember correctly, I think it might have been one of Jack Nicholson's first roles. Yes. That That is true. So, wow. it he was one of Jack the, Nicholson's. He plays the Bill Murray role. I believe. Yeah. So really there. So there's this movie that was made in the sixties. Um, that was a B movie because this concept not being a musical, it's mm-hmm. a really hard watch. I'm going to tell you right now. Oh, is it, it, really? is, it is. Um, wow. And then the play started off as off Broadway um, and it just gained steam to where it, you know, it is to what it is now and it is what it, you know, what you saw in the film. Um, I love the setup. Um, I love the fact that it's pretty much just on that corner uh, mm. in the city in downtown. Um, but yeah, but that's my connection to it. That's my feelings on it. Alan, you hadn't seen this in a few years, right? Yeah, I saw this in high school at one point and I remember the the basics of it. I remember this the bits from family guy that I then rewatched tonight before the show <laughs> and sent to you guys. I remember the, the parody bits from that. And I remember like some of the songs I rem- I'm going to get into this a little bit more later. I remember not being satisfied with this film for a specific reason that I'm going to get into when we, when, before we wrap this, this segment up. Uh, but that's all I want to say right now. I, I enjoy this. I, I really enjoyed rewatching. This has been on my list for a while. I almost went to see this when I was in New York. Uh, cause it is, oh, off, man. Off, it's off Broadway again. Um, like both times I was in New York when I was with Chad, it's like, Oh, little shop. We should go see that. And then we didn't. Um, what a shame. 
Yeah. And then I, I saw drunk Shakespeare instead the next time I was in New York. So, um, <laughs> but no, I, uh, I really enjoy this. I would like to see this on, on the stage at some point. Okay. Now, Devin, you've never seen this before. Never, never. And you had no idea about the three horsemen that were in this, right? Not, no idea. Okay. Not at all. So, I really want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> okay, so let me tell you first why I haven't seen this movie, because I, I did some thinking about this, because this movie makes no sense for me not to have seen, right? Especially considering who's in it, and I'm obsessed with those people, especially mm-hmm. considering like the subject matter, the, the music style. It's perfect for me. When I was a little kid, I don't know if I've told, told you guys this on the podcast yet. When I was a little kid, I was scared of everything. I just was. I saw the movie Twister. And it made me scared that a tornado was going to rip through my house for years. So this movie was firmly in the pile of movies that will scare Devin and we just won't talk about. And <laughs> it was like that for years. I, I even forgot it existed. Um, I ended up watching it today, actually. And it was amazing. I love this movie. I love everything about it. I didn't know that Bill Murray was in this movie. Um, I think I heard somewhere that uh, Steve Martin was a dentist. So I didn't know how a dentist fit in the movie or like (laughs) thought maybe I'm thinking of a different or wrong movie, but I loved him showing up. His character was perfect. Everyone in this movie was perfect. It reminded me of Mars Attacks if it was a musical. So I think I picked on the intentional B-movie vibe before I knew that it was based on a B-movie. Okay. Okay. Um, So... When it comes to the uh, the music style in this, what did you guys think? I love the doo-wop style yep. of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it and like having those three singers, one of which is Trisha Campbell, who's on your Inside Job show, uh, and was the mom ah. on My Wife and Kids. Um, like just having them pop up, I I just really enjoy that. Um. And then the Family Guy bits that I sent you that make fun of it are just fantastic, and I'm not going to say the I'm not going to sing it here on the show, but no, I I really enjoyed the music style of it. I think everyone really nails their songs. Um, I really enjoy it. I ten out of tens across the board for me. Honestly, I love duop style anyway, uh, and I off of the podcast this evening have actually been singing uh, to my animals, suddenly Yuffie and suddenly Addy. Those, <laughs> those are their names. And I love oh, that. Now, song we, now, so we, much. now we've got to hear it. No, no, I can't. I can't not. Devin, you know what I have planned for the show later. <laughs> Give me this. Oh, You're the no, one person like, who knows what's going, what, what I'm about to do to myself. That's that, you so. know, that's fair. That's fair. So like you feel come in the room and I'll be like, suddenly you free i'll do something like that or like my dog's over there like oh i love it and i'll like oh it's it the the songs are so good not all of them are particularly memorable i i think i don't remember the plant song very well uh but i like the whole feed me seymour like that yeah i do have a weird a weird thing they gave the plant a lot of lips in this that is a weird design choice yeah yes I mean, I get that it's like a plant and that's it, but like you could have had it like end in a plant thing. And it was like, I don't know, it was almost, it was almost this weird uncanny valley. I mean, I don't know how they got the plant working. <laughs> if it was like a puppet, it was a phenomenal puppet. Yeah. But you saw, it. you saw who directed this, right? No. Frank Oz. 
Oh, Frank Oz. Yeah. Okay. I don't know that I knew that. Oh, well, now you do. Well, that makes um, sense. That makes yeah. so much sense. Yeah, no, there's the puppetry in this film is amazing and mm-hmm. is probably because I've never thought of it before. And I'm going to start doing this after watching it again for like the second time in like four months. Um, this is going to be something I point to as an example of why puppets is better than CG, depending okay. on what you're trying to do. Sometimes CG is better. We'll fully admit that. But when you can use puppets, use puppets. Rock this, you know, the little shop of horrors. Perfect example perfect yeah. of why. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about my my issue with the film. Yes. And I didn't realize what the issue was until I watched it this time again. I hate this ending. It just, it just ends for me. Like, like they killed, they kill Audrey too. And they go off and live somewhere on the screen. I absolutely hated that. Hate that to this day. I didn't like it when I was in high school. Then my wife told me the original ending. Ryan, you know about the original ending, right? (laughs) They mentioned it in a documentary I watched like five years ago, but for the life of me, I can't okay. bring it up right now. So prepare to have your mind blown. I'll send you the link to it because you can find it online. In the original ending that did not test well with test audiences, he Audrey 2 eats Audrey or hurts her to the point where she's not going to survive and she is fed yeah. to the plant. And then oh. he kills Seymour. And oh, then what? the plants take over. <laughs> the plants the, like, That's there's right. a whole yeah. super expensive uh, montage of the plants just wrecking everything. And wow. it costs them like it's the most expensive sequence in the film. And they cut it because test audiences didn't like the not happy ending. The film ends in that version with Audrey two jumping out of the screen and eating the audience. <laughs> and I watched this and I'm like, uh-huh. this is so much better. This it's how the stage show ends. Uh, oh, okay. It works so much better. And I really like that in my head. That's how the, that's how it ends. Like that's, I reject the the theatrical ending and substitute that one as my own. See, and I'm fine with the theatrical ending simply because it's a happy ending for for a for a ridiculous story. Well, <laughs> and to me, like Audrey too, never really felt like that much of a threat from this. Mm-hmm. Like, like, okay, I don't understand why it's like so horrifying. Like, yeah, the plant eats people, but they're dead anyway. Like it's not mm-hmm. that terrifying. Like I don't, I never understood the title, but that ending, like, absolutely changes the whole film for me, um, and I really enjoy it. Um, See, to me, I think the reason why I've never gotten there is because it's not really to me. It's not really the plant that's scary throughout the whole thing. It's what Seymour is getting himself into, like. Every time he's being pushed to do something he normally wouldn't do out of his comfort zone, he just goes ahead and does it. And then he digs himself deeper and deeper and deeper until the point where he's killing people to feed the plant. Um, So to me, it's more about the horror of Seymour not being able to stop himself and getting himself into these situations that he literally cannot get himself out of. And then, and then, 
by the time he has the guts to, to, to do the right thing, the plant's strong enough to eat people who are alive and not dead, and it's too mm-hmm. late. And so he has to pretty much like do what they uh, to do what they did. So like that's kind of See, where the scariness comes for me. For me, it's more terrifying where he loses to the monster of his own creation. Like he gets to the point mm-hmm. where he where he is out of control of it and he ends up losing to it as well. Uh, that That's just more terrifying to me. Um, uh, well, do, I mean, you, in know, a, you okay in, over there? I, like, my, no, my camera just like decided to do its own thing. So like for real though, like did Seymour deserve a happy ending? I don't know what the hell is going on. I'll fix this. Uh, did Seymour deserve a happy ending though? Cause he's kind of a jerk in this movie and like Audrey's not super great either. I don't know that Seymour's like the best character, like objectively speaking. Like I, I mean, think that, I mean, I think that like he's fun, like he's a nice guy, he's a down on his luck guy, but then he's also a guy that will feed the person that took him in to the man-eating plant, like well, just to win the affections of someone. To be honest, that part happens down at that breaking point. That kind of like like yeah. that, that 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 like wake up call because to me. That's the only questionable thing he ever does in this, because prior to that, he was an orphan. He was mm-hmm. brought in as basically a teenager to live in the basement of the shop and pretty much be like a low wage slave mm-hmm. to, to the shop owner. And he has like he's the most pitiful character in the show. I mean, I mean, in in the movie and and Audrey has her crap that she's dealing with mm-hmm. at uh, is that is at the same time? So I really wouldn't consider both of them to be not good people. They're just in really bad circumstances, and they're trying to do the best that they can with it. Um, but at the I same won't... time, to get down to the real nitty gritty of this, you don't kill Rick Moranis. <laughs> well, he killed his own career. Oh. <laughs> I get, that's no, not I, right. I know it's that's not, not right. right. <laughs> it, he, he's he's slowly making a comeback. Um, he is. He is. Yeah. But but you don't kill Rick Moranis. I, I mean, I I think it would have been more appropriate <laughs> to kill him. But I get why they did that. This ending. But now, Alan, I really, really, really want to see the other ending. Please, please, yeah, please. I will send it to you. It's a good oh, ten minutes. It's probably long. great. It's fantastic. It's probably great. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Uh, in the in the chat, um, uh, where was it? Uh, friend of the show, David said uh, they end this with the song "Don't Feed the Plants." So the whole the whole montage is oh. to a song. So oh, you've got you've got cool. the doo-wop singers like so they like he kills Audrey and Seymour, and then the doo-wop mm-hmm. singers come out to like the you know the 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 giant wall American flag like from Patton yeah. They come out yeah. and start singing in front of that. <laughs> uh, and it just gets crazier from there. Um, and if you got like Mars Attacks vibes from the, the what you saw of the film, you're going to get more yeah. of it uh, with, with that ending. So real quick before we wrap this up and move on to my pick. Uh, Ryan, you have anything else? I was going to say, too, in this second version that they have and the ending that they have in the film they show that the plant's not dead either too. Like they pan down and they yeah. show oh, yeah. one in the garden 
in the house. So to me, I've always seen this as, oh yeah, they have their happy, you know, they have their happy ending for the next couple days, and then it's going to yeah. happen all over again. <laughs> um, so, did you do you know about the remake? What they're remaking? No. This. Yes. Uh, any guesses who they, they have to play Seymour and Audrey in the remake? So is this, hold on, is this going to be one of those like live musical events like they no, did no. with Randy? No, it's going to be a film. Okay. Directed, be by, a film. Okay. directed by Greg Berlanti, who's behind all of the CW uh, DC shows and a bunch of other stuff that, that's on the CW. Okay, um, okay. So okay. I have my guesses. Okay. Um, uh, Audrey is is going to be played by um, Ellen Greeny, and <laughs> you you froze, so we missed the joke. Oh, I'm no. going to guess you. I'm going to guess you say said uh, Rick Moranis. I'm, I would say that <laughs> Audrey is going to be played by Ellen Greeny, and Seymour is going to be uh, played by Rick Moranis. Uh, no. <laughs> you. Uh, why you? I don't know. I mean, he doesn't need to. I don't know. I think that changes the Audrey dynamic in Seymour dynamic if he's like her whole lifetime older than her. Devin, do you have a no, guess? But on... It's the same actress. It's the same. Uh, I think Audrey. I think Audrey is going to be Amanda Seyfried, uh, just because of Limiz, and then uh, Seymour is going to be. Oh gosh. Somebody with glasses. I don't know. A glassesed Tom Holland. That'd be interesting. <laughs> uh, it would be. So Seymour is going to be played by Taron Edgerton, who is from the Kingsman films and was <gasps> Elton John and Rocketman. Oh, I love it. Audrey is going to be played by Scarlett Johansson. What? Yeah. Why? Yeah. I, it gets, it gets okay. weirder. Um Orin, the dentist, is going to be played by Chris Evans. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then Audrey 2 is going to be played by Billy Porter, which of all the roles for for, uh, um, James Corden to be casted in a musical, I feel like he'd be a good Audrey 2. I think you're right. I really do. Um, But yeah. That's that's something that might happen. So yeah, Ellen Greeny was the actress who played Audrey in the movie. Yeah, yeah, we know. That's yeah, I know. But Devin said that you know Rick Moranis is going to be like older than the actress that I said that I picked. I'm going to oh, pick the same. Yeah. Act- okay, I just wanted to make sure that you knew that's no, no. who I was referencing and not just no, no, Rick no. Moranis is the joke. Both of them is. Oh true. no, no, I got gotcha. you. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, I, so I did have a question though, like. Audrey's whole shtick, that was, in, I mean, this is sound so dumb. That was intentional, right? Like, like, oh, Seymour! Like, that whole thing that she was doing, right? Like, because I like want Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, like, the, I want Scarlett Johansson to bring that energy to that role. And if if she isn't just doing basically an impression of that, I'm going to be a little bit disappointed. Is I, that I, fair to say? No, I think that's fair. I think that's to be expected. Yeah, I think that's the way the character is written. Um, okay. And actually, something, if my memory holds up correctly, it's not scattered like it normally is. Ellen um, actually, after this movie came out, um, as as like a as like a community thing, 
occasionally she'd get letters, people, you know, just asking her to show up and see if she'd play the role of Audrey in their, like, community theater play of this. And occasionally she would. And she wouldn't have to be paid for it either because she liked the character so much. That makes me love her so much more. Meanwhile, I asked Rick Moranis to be in my uh, camcorder remake of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and he uh, sent me a cease and desist. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, No, real quick, just talking about the Audrey voice. I really did enjoy how, like, at the end when she's more confident, like, that voice kind of goes away. So I think it, Mm -hmm. it definitely is intentional. So, all right, moving on to my pick. Um, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum, starring Zero Mostel and directed by Richard Lester, um, who's also known for directing Superman 3 and 4. Um, so, I have a personal connection to this, uh, this musical, which is I was in this musical in high school. Devin knows this. Ryan knows this because we told him mm. one. Uh, so we're going to talk about this. And then uh, one of the assignments I gave Ryan was to guess which role I played. Um, so I'm really curious to see what he, what he guesses. Uh, and I have a special surprise lined up for the show then. Um, so this, this musical has music by uh, Sondheim, Sondheim. And um, I've got the DVD here in front of me. Um it stars Zero Mostel, Phil Silvers, Jack Guilford, Buster Keaton. Um, has the music by Stephen Sondheim. That's what I was looking for. Um, and it tells the, the story of of a slave in ancient Rome uh, who's trying to buy his freedom. Um, I will say I forgot how many of the musical numbers are cut from the film. So Ryan's <laughs> argument that this is not a musical is fairly valid. Uh, but the musical numbers that are in here, I really enjoy. Everybody ought to have a maid is probably one of my favorite musical numbers that make like, this film just makes me laugh. Like it's so inappropriate and like the trailer for it from the sixties says for mature audiences. And somehow we did this in high school. <laughs> I was going to ask you that as like the like that was me the first thing I was going to say in this was like how did you guys do this at high school level I, I don't know but I, I do want to show I like just so you can get an idea of what this film is like the DVD of it like the art on it like that's that's the DVD like <laughs> like that's what this film is so um delightful. Devin, what do you, what do you have to say about a funny thing happened on the way to the forum? Yeah, man. So I saw this movie in high school uh, in preparation for. I mean, I was in the pit band for this, so I did the music. I saw the movie in preparation for watching you guys do it, or, or you know, being backup band for you guys. I don't remember the movie almost at all. I remember your version of it more than anything else. So yeah, what. I think charmed me the most about this rewatch a is zero Mostel because he's just a powerhouse. I will watch him in anything all the time, but also just some of the gags that you guys literally couldn't pull off in a high school auditorium that I just forgot were in this musical, like in the middle of one of the scenes where he like flies off on a broom. <laughs> like, Why did that happen? <laughs> the one scene where he was like, well, we found all those vases with, and then they did this like montage of them, like stop, like motion appearing in different sexual poses. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, this is good. I like this. 
So I loved it. It was a fun watch. Ryan, what did you think of a funny... This was your first time seeing this, right? I think so. Here's the thing. This movie is right up my dad's alley. Like, I... When Kristen came home from work and I told her that I watched it, she asked me what I thought, and I, I told her this. If my dad was still alive... And I, you know, was on the phone with him and said, yeah, one of Alan's pick pick uh, 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 picks for this week is a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. I 100 percent believe my dad's response to me saying that would have been, oh, he's not going to have you run around the hills of Rome before you see it, are you? <laughs> this movie had to have been something that my dad liked when he was younger. And it it reminded me a lot of his humor. So this was definitely a good watch for me. Like, this was 100% a really good watch. It's, I mean, I'm happy to know that in the actual musical, there's more songs to it. That's good. Uh, the film-wise, though, I can see why they did the songs that they did. Um, but there were the moments where I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is a musical when they start singing. <laughs> I <forget> well, <laughs> so the film opens with Comedy Tonight, which is probably the most well-known song from this musical. It, it's kind of a Broadway standard at this point. Um, and this is one of those uh, play, one of those musicals that gets revived like every 20 years or so. They did it in the nineties oh. with Nathan Lane and uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Both, like they both played pseudolus at one point, <laughs> um, which I would love to see it on Broadway again. Like if they ever, if they ever revive this, I'm, I am there. Um, so, Ryan, yeah, I'm curious to know who do you think I played in this? Because I do not remember any of the names. Just okay. throwing that out there. But the one who gets suckered into playing the dead, uh, playing <laughs> the dead girl, the one who has to dress like a woman. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to put it that way, but I was going to, you know, the, the one that has to play dead. So yeah. yeah, no, yeah, that 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 was me. Um, <laughs> So Devin, I was thinking to myself, like, what's the most Allen thing in this? And that's what it was. So it was. I, Devin, I don't know if the pit band was there for the the screening that the cast had for this. I can't, like, I don't know if you were, it was in the choir room. We all sat down and watched the, a copy of this and mm-hmm. no one knew about what the show was. And it got to the point where he's in the dress and yeah. everyone just turned to me and was like, ha, <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> what did I sign up for? Um, do you remember that? I, I wasn't in there. We had our okay. own special screening in okay. the band room, I guess, because we weren't cool enough to be with you guys. Yeah, you weren't. That's so. funny, though. No, yeah. to be fair, we no. Tried, we, I remember trying to get you to audition for this. I remember, and I was too nervous. Yeah. I was so scared. I needed to be off to the side and wearing all black and so mm-hmm. you couldn't see me. Um, so I've got a special treat. Uh, I can't wait. I was able to find the DVD of the production that we did in high school. Uh, and I have a few clips of me and a funny thing happened on the way to the forum for uh, oh. everyone at home to enjoy with Ryan and Devin. <laughs> uh, not me. I'm not going to enjoy this at all. So um, hopefully we don't get flagged for music with this. Uh, I don't think we, I don't think the, the high school bands, versions of these songs are going to uh get flagged but we'll see so uh what do you i'm gonna start off with a clip 
of me. Oh in, man. Uh, everybody ought to have a maid. Uh, wow, look at baby the, Allen. The, the video quality is not great. Uh, but, uh, here we go. Uh, enjoy. I, I will. serving girl, a loyal and unswerving girl, who's quieter than a mouse. Oh, I love this. I'm the one in green, in case you're wondering. <laughs> oh, <what? laughs> I like that. I, why don't you do that more, Alan? I, I don't know. Clattering in the kitchen, fluttering in the bedroom, pottering all around the house. The house. This would have never flown in my high school. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Did you, oh, did you guys hear that bass clarinet? So reedy. Oh. Come on out. So yeah, that that was uh, part of everybody ought to have a maid. Um, I'm gonna be hold on, and I'm gonna be entirely honest with you. I knew you were doing this because you had you had told me about it, and I was like, well, I was trying to remember like some of the scenes that I remember. I remember a 30 year old Alan on that stage. I don't remember you looking like you did in high school. So I mean, you know, it, it's just it's so charming to see you like actually that young. Oh, yeah, it, it's weird. Like it's like a hundred pounds less and a lot less facial hair. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I pictured you up there with a beard. I'm like, he's always had the beard. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, what do you think? It's a high school musical. It's decent. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll let you borrow the whole thing if you want, just so you can see like what wasn't in the movie. Because uh, I did have okay. another solo that I did not pull for this. Um, but I, I know what I know what you're thinking, Ryan. You're like. I want to see Alan in a dress, right? That's, that's, that's what <laughs> yeah. we came for. Yes. That's what, that's Let's, go that. yeah. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. Why isn't it? This is specifically why I sang, by the way. I had a feeling this clip was coming, yeah. and I was like, all right, I got to sing for this. One of the reasons why I was very like iffy, I'm like, because I'm watching it, I'm going, have I seen this before? Because I don't remember this at all. But there were parts of this where I was like, I nailed it. Like as soon as the guy was talking about his kids, you know, being yeah. stolen by pirates, as soon as he, they, as soon as they started talking about that, I, I had the thought on my head. That's the girl that hero. Oh, here. I remembered his name. Um, <laughs> that hero was lusting over. Mm-hmm. And it's, some guy that hasn't been in the movie yet like there were parts of this that i just knew yeah. and i don't know where that came from or why so i don't know if like like i said this had to have been a movie my dad talked about once or twice 
because there were things that I just like, I was like, oh, okay, well, now they're going to run into each other. Like, oh, okay, well, now this couple is going to get going. It was just one of those things where it was just like, you know, oh, it was like, that horse is going to be in a sauna. Oh, that horse is in a sauna. How did I know this? Like, you know, like that type of thing. Like, it was just, there were just goofy things that I just like knew that I couldn't have not known. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I definitely know. And I mean, that part was one of my favorite lines in this. I was on a very, very crowded uh, tube today, like on the way home. Yeah. Uh, and I got to the scene where they were like, uh, oh, he's looking for for a little boy, a strong little boy and a, a, a weird boy. <laughs> and I was, or whatever that line was, and I was like, "Yeah, that's that's the kind of hero I'm here for." Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite lines in this is like, Zudalis uh, uh, goes into the uh, the house of the courtesans, and he's mm-hmm. handed a bottle of wine. He's like, "Was one of a good year?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, was one a good year? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I remember that joke from your guys's like rendition of it. I don't think that was in the show. I don't think we did that. Oh, one. really? We might have added that. Um, mm-hmm. because our, uh, our band directors were very involved with this show. Like they were the yeah. ones who came up with the choreography for everybody ought to have a maid. Um, Aww. and it was a blast. Um, but yeah. So anything else before I play this last clip? He's so excited for it. Okay. Ryan, anything? No, I'm good. Okay, let me let me peel off this band aid. <laughs> All right, here we go. You didn't tell me I'd have to be a girl, a dead girl. <laughs> the captain will see you, go on his way, and all will be well. No, it won't do. Hysterium, please, we must convince the captain that I am a beautiful dead girl. Yes. He'll never believe it. <laughs> he will. You're delicious. Yeah. Eddie, what are you doing? What if he tries to kiss me? Hysterium, he won't try and kiss you. Please, just lie on the bench. He'll never believe I'm a girl. Look at me. Just look at me. I can't take my eyes off you. (laughs) I found the key eventually. He found the key eventually. Perfect, sweet and warm and winsome, radiant as in some dream come true. And that's it. I love that. I I absolutely forgot how much I loved that clip. I, I was worried that I, so I found this DVD five minutes before I went to set up everything for the show. Oh, wow. Uh, I found the other two musicals I have on DVD that I was in and I couldn't find this one, but I found it at the last second. It was like <laughs> the last place I didn't look. Uh, Cause you guys know, you know how I have that cold room where Ryan and I started this podcast. I yeah. feel like, like I have a drawer full of CDs out there that I really need to go through. Cause I've got a lot of CDs out there. Um, but I went through that. I was like, I think it's in there. And it was. So I was like, oh, this is excellent. Um, and uh, I, 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 sent a, I sent a message to Eddie to let him know I was doing this. So if you're watching, hi. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, hey, Eddie. Oh, I love um, it. 
but yeah, uh, just looking over the chat. I love that this has the same composer as Sweden Todd. Yeah, Steven Sondheim, uh, he was busy. Uh, he did a little night music too, didn't he? Was that him? What was it? A little night music? Possibly. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, love uh, Zero Mostel's episode of The Muppet Show. Another one that what? I highly recommend. Oh, yeah. Devin, you've been sleeping on the Muppet Show. Yeah, there's a great bit with him. Need to rewatch them. There's a great. No, he needs to watch them. He doesn't need to rewatch them. Uh, No, no, no. I said watch them. Okay. Uh, There's a great bit with Zero Mostel and Sam the Eagle. Um, Weird, weird combo, but I'm really excited for it. uh, One of my favorite Zero Mostel's movies is The Producers. Uh, Funny, funny story. Like he played Max Bialystok in The Producers. And then uh, later on, Nathan Lane played Max Bialystok in the the Broadway show and the film of the musical version. Uh, both played Pseudolus in this, so this huh. kind of connects. It's like a weird Venn diagram. <laughs> um, well, hold on. Was wasn't Zero Mustel's version of uh, the producers not a musical though? It was not a musical. The only song in I, that it was yeah. Springtime for uh, that guy. Yeah. That guy, yeah. yeah. Uh, I I think that's interesting that it started out as not a musical though, because I just know it as the Nathan Lane version first, so it's hard for me to go back. Yeah, he absolutely was. <laughs> Zero really Mostel was God just workshopping Nathan Lane. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. Fair, very <laughs> a good fair. take on that. <laughs> All right, well, I think that does it for our musical triple feature. Uh, I think I've embarrassed myself on the internet enough for the day. Uh, Devin, you want to stream again on Friday? <laughs> Let's do it. Should we uh, do it? We should do it. We should do it. We should definitely do it. I don't know when we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. Uh, so this Friday is Disney Plus Day. Uh, if I was thinking, I would have put a graphic uh, up for this, but I don't have one. But this Friday, Devin and I are going to be reacting to all of the news from Disney Plus Day. So any announcements that Disney Plus makes for new projects trailers uh there's rumors of a obi-wan kenobi trailer dropping on friday um, oh that's exciting anything for the disney plus marvel shows um whoever they're going to get to place emilio estevez and mighty ducks maybe they'll have something <laughs> i don't know um but so Devin and i are going to be doing that ryan sadly cannot make it right I, i'm not putting words in your mouth hmm? are you gonna be able to no, make you're not yeah. Yeah, okay. Ryan sadly can't be it. Maybe Ryan will join us in chat. We don't know. Uh, uh, Possibly. Possibly. Um, But yeah, so tune in for that on Friday. If you want to find out when, uh, follow us on Instagram. We will announce the time for that there. Uh, Mm -hmm. Until then, Devin, are you going to do a game stream at all this week? Uh, We'll be doing uh, the stream on Friday. So no, I'll be doing that. Okay. Uh, Maybe I'll stream something on Twitch here. I've got got a... I've got a PlayStation game just looking at me. That's just like, play me. Uh, um, and it has to do with the spider bet too. So yeah, it's a Spider-Man. Like, I, I might play Spider-Man. Oh, good. Okay. Um, but next week, I believe is Ryan's pick. I, yep. I messed up the calendar, Devin. I didn't tell you this. Oh no. I messed oh, up no. the calendar. Uh, uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters doesn't come out the weekend we thought it did. Oh no! Oh, what a shame. Yeah, uh, but next weekend, next week is Ryan's pick. Ryan, what do you have in store for us? Well, 
even though the new Ghostbusters film is, you know, different weekend, I'm still going with Ghostbusters 2 because, Devin, it is a travesty that you haven't seen it yet. (laughs) This is levels of being like an, you know, like an older millennial and Mm -hmm. not had seen the and and not had seen the original Turtle films. Like that's this level of disgust I feel right now. Like, seriously, you're also there too, right? With not seeing the Turtle films. <laughs> I mean, not on what purpose. I threw didn't hit the camera the way I wanted it to. So, but well, anyway, I felt it though. I felt it. So, tune in next week for us making <laughs> Devin watch Ghostbusters two for the first time, which I think I'm going to make my wife watch for the first time too because she hasn't seen Wait. it. Hold on, I want to know if, and this doesn't have to be answered now, but the reason I didn't see it is I went, oh, well, Ghostbusters one was great. They made a sequel. They didn't make a third one. Therefore, the second one must have been bad. I won't watch it. Okay. That, that I, was my logic. That was it. I, I don't really get your point of logic. It, it's a Ghostbusters movie. Hey, you know what? But... Guys, I'm going to put a pin in this. And okay. Let's figure this out next week. Okay. When we're all in the same room for the podcast. Oh, I love it. I can't wait. So tune in for that. I've got to figure out how I'm going to rearrange things this time. I think I've got an idea. I think I have an idea for a different setup. So, um, okay. It'll be interesting. Um, but yeah. Uh, so make sure to follow us on Instagram for, to find out when we'll be streaming on Friday. Uh, like us on Facebook to, uh, watch us. If you don't want to watch us on Twitch, if you're watching on Twitch, hit that follow button. Tell your friends about mm-hmm. us. Head over to our YouTube channel and hit subscribe. I will be uploading my Spider-Man stream from a few weeks ago to our YouTube channel in honor of the spider bet that I'm going to win and Devin's going to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, so until next week, when we talk about Ghostbusters 2, for you have to watch this podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And if there's something strange in your neighborhood... Who are you going to call? Not Devin. Somebody else. Hurt, <laughs> oh, <laughs> <heard>, actually. <laughs>